The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How am I now? How am I now? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm not doing so great. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens lose Game 4 against the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of 4-0. to zero. Welcome to Episode 4 of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And that <laughs> went about as badly as you could possibly expect it to go. Like most of the games in this series, it started off okay. The first period was not that bad. Not that bad at all. The Habs were doing a lot of what I said in the last episode they needed to do. The defensemen were being aggressive at the offensive blue line. They were pinching. They were trying to disrupt the Leafs' breakout. Uh, it, it was okay. I mean, the Leafs had the better scoring chances in the first period by a pretty significant margin. But the fact that they were being aggressive and trying to disrupt those breakouts was a good sign to me. It was encouraging because I was like, okay, maybe they can turn that into something. They really couldn't in the first period was part of the problem is any time that they were able to disrupt those breakouts, they weren't able to generate anything off of it. And when they failed to disrupt those breakouts, it ended up with odd man rushes for the Leafs. But that's to be expected when you're being aggressive at the offensive blue line against a team that is as offensively potent as the Leafs are. So it's not surprising that they had the edge in terms of scoring chances. I mean, their their best chance of the period was on a pinch by Ben Sherratt where he kind of overskated the puck and went for the hit instead of taking the puck that he could have gotten. I, I wasn't super concerned after 20 minutes because I liked the aggression. I liked the fact that they were trying to disrupt those breakouts and trying to create something. It was a good sign. But then the second period happened. And the second period has been the Habs' nemesis in this series. They are brutal with the long change. Dominique Ducharme, um, he admitted it himself after Game 3. He said, well, I felt we got outchanged in the second period. And I don't necessarily think they got outchanged this time, but they clearly got outplayed in the second period by a wide margin. They got outshot 14 to 9, I think. It might have even been worse than that. It, it was bad and they got scored on 3 times. It honestly kind of felt like they gave up after the first one when William Nylander scored and of course it was former Hab Alex Galchenyuk getting the assist on it. It felt like after that they kind of gave up. They kind of just sat back and hoped that their, you know, relatively even scoring chance numbers were going to somehow save them in that period, and it didn't. And the reason for that is because 
their scoring chances were not nearly as good as the ones that the Leafs were getting. Um, zero blame on Carey Price for any of the three goals. I don't think there's a whole lot he could have done uh, outside of make a miraculous save. Really, the story of that period was the Habs not being able to generate offense and the Leafs being pretty good at doing it on their own. Um, on the third goal, it must be mentioned that uh, right before that goal, it was a power play goal, um, Paul Byron got tripped from behind with basically a two-hand whack at his legs and the refs didn't bother to call it. But as, as much as I want to sit here and blame the officials, I would love to. I would love if the Habs gave me enough you know, ammunition in terms of their ability to do anything on the ice that I could sit here and say that the refs screwed them over. I, I would love that, but I can't. Because it had nothing to do with the officials. They were bad, but they weren't bad enough specifically in favor of Toronto for anybody to sit here and say, well, the refs are the reason we lost. No, the reason that the Habs lost is because they were completely incapable of generating any kind of offense at the other end of the ice. The Leafs just needed one period of offensive explosion to take this game. And the Habs couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't answer back. And... Obviously, they took over the game in the third period, but that was because the Leafs had a three-goal lead. They didn't need to do anything. All they had to do was, well, we just need you to not score three goals. And apparently, that is the easiest task on the face of the planet because these Habs aren't able to really generate much at all right now. At all. And you'd think that after a Game 3 loss where Carey Price stood on his head and did everything he possibly could to keep them in the game, and they lose by one goal, that they would come out hungry, that they would come out really looking to generate some good scoring chances, uh, but they didn't. I mean, if you look at the final shot tally, they actually outshot the Leafs in the game, but don't let that fool you. Do not let that fool you, because those shots, a lot of them were just cosmetic. A lot of them were bad angle shots, that had virtually no chance of going in, where they're just putting it on net, hoping that somehow Jack Campbell lets one through. And I don't want to diminish Jack Campbell's game. He played very well. And that was two consecutive good games out of him. But how can the Habs legitimately expect to beat a goaltender who's playing well when they're taking shots with both their feet below the goal line? Tyler Toffoli did it, I think, twice in one shift. We had both of his feet below the goal line. And he was just kind of flinging it towards the net, hoping that Jack Campbell would let it in. Uh, th they were taking shots from the outside hash marks. The outside hash marks. You're not scoring from the outside hash marks. You're not. Prime Alexander Ovechkin's not scoring from the outside hash marks against a good goaltender. Cole Caulfield, shooting the best shot that he's ever shot, m might be able to get one through. He might. But it can't be your game plan. It cannot be your game plan that you're just going to shoot from everywhere and hope that you get one through. And that's basically what the Habs did. They just tried to shoot everything and see what they might be able to get out of it. And they didn't get any bounces, which they would have required some very fortuitous bounces for a lot of these shots to generate anything other than what they did, which was puck gets bounced off into the corner and the Leafs take it back, bring it out of the zone, and we're right back to square one. And that was pretty much the story of the game. The Habs firing anything they could from anywhere they could. Uh, 
And the Leafs, on the other hand, getting their goals by making lateral passes in the offensive zone, forcing Carey Price to slide from side to side, and putting it in the net. It's incredibly frustrating to watch. I'm not sure if they can come back in this series. I'll definitely be here to watch if they can. But it seems like a very, very uphill battle for this team at this point. I mentioned in the last episode that there's probably at this point a question of whether or not Dominique Ducharme and uh, Luke Richardson would be keeping their jobs at the end of the season. Um, after the way this series has gone, I think there is very, very legitimate question uh, of whether Marc Bergevin is going to be able to keep his job at the end of this season. At the end of the day, he built this team. He's executed multiple coaching changes, and they don't appear any closer to competing for a Stanley Cup than they did when he got the job in the first place. They got beat last night, offensively speaking, by Jason Spezza and Alice Galchenyuk. A little bit of William Nylander. Austin Matthews is the biggest threat on the Leafs roster. And he was sitting on the bench rehearsing his lines for next season of Stranger Things when he's going to play the villain. The fact that their top player, one of the best players in the league, can have a completely quiet night and they can still beat you for nothing. What does that tell you? That tells you that the Habs are not quite ready to compete with the Leafs. And if that's not a negative reflection on the general manager, I don't know what is. I mean, he, he again, he built the team. This is his team. He's had a long time in that role to make sure that every single piece there is in some way connected to him. And they're just not doing it. They're not doing it. I'd love to try and end this off with something positive, but there really wasn't much positive to go off. Um, I thought Cole Caulfield looked pretty good. Um, I thought Thomas Tatar looked like he was really out there trying to prove something um, it, because he's up for a contract at the end of the year. Um, I thought Carey Price looked good. Uh, he looked very good in the first period. I mean, it was easy to think that he didn't look good in the second period because of how it went. But again, I don't really blame him for any of the goals against. I liked Nick Suzuki's game. I thought he was at least, you know, trying to create some of that lateral movement that I talked about that they would have needed in order to get goals. Um, other than that, hard to really pick out anybody that played well because for the most part they were just trying to put pucks on net from anywhere they possibly could and it wasn't enough wasn't enough it's probably never going to be enough doing that unless you have a, a bad goaltender at the other end and yeah they're down 3-1 they got to go back to Toronto now they got to try and take game 5 and see where they go from there um, I'll be here for it. I hope everyone else is here for it too. I mean, uh, as we know, the Leafs do like to choke in the playoffs. So there is always the possibility of the Montreal Canadiens doing something a little bit special. 
call it wishful thinking, call it uh, whatever you want, but I'm going to watch uh, however many games are left. I'm going to find out whether or not they can they can do that special thing. Uh, it doesn't seem very likely, but then again, nobody thought it was likely they were going to win a game against the Leafs, and they managed to do that, so I guess it's always worth... Uh, that's 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 why you play the games, right? Uh, that does it for the episode. Uh, we're running just over 12 minutes tonight, so... Um, Soirée pas mal typique pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, uh, Megaphone, Apple, Google Play. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT, so drop me a line if you have any suggestions or complaints or uh, maybe if you just want to vent about how brutal Game 4 was. I appreciate everybody who took the time out of their day to listen to this podcast. And as this might be the last time this season, I can say this to you. À la prochaine. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts